Hi, welcome to Stardust Records, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your co-host, Sabi, and I'm here with my other co-host, Linz. Hello. And today was the second day, I think, of New York City Comic Con. And because our first episode, we talked about Linz getting the little mini B2 from Shop Disney. We, this week, or today, we both ordered the new B2 Funko Pop. Yes, and he's so cute. Which I heard sold out quite fast. (gasps) So we got lucky. We did get lucky. Oh my gosh. It was so funny because the other day I had pre-ordered the Mission to Aldani Cassian series. I I did the same. But I did the free trial thing with Walmart where if you like do this free trial for 30 days, you get free shipping. What the heck? Yeah, to save me like $10. No, I my know. bank account is hurting. It didn't ask you. I, you know what? If it did, I just it glazed over. I didn't even notice it. It's okay. I sh- I... I need to read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that and I was like, if it saves me six ninety nine in shipping, then I'm doing yeah, it. You gotta go for it. You can I always know. cancel later. But they'll both be home in December with each yes. other i know and i was seeing i think b2 is available at the comic-con because i was seeing him for sale on mercari and for like 145 yeah, I, I was like I, I was like i'm not making the same mistake again that i made <laughs> that i made with the cassian funko pop so Lindsay and i both didn't know that the cassian the new cassian funko pop that we got like way before andor uh, was going to like be on sale to the general public as fast as it was. So yeah. we both bought it for like an insane amount of money. It was so <laughs> bad because like I saw him and I sent him to Savi. I was like, "Look, he's available," and she's and I'm like, "But he's pretty expensive." And she's like, "I'm gonna get him." And then I saw him too, like a day later, two days later, and I was like, "I want him too," and it was way more than he should have been yeah now he's selling for like 12 bucks at target and i know that my my husband he literally just bought another one he went we were at the store and he looks at me and he's like we need to own another cassian i'm just like okay okay and he's like i'm buying him all right and he's like but you can't take him out of the box honey we're keeping him in prison like okay so that's that's leads me to a a question so you take your Funko Pops out of their prisons I do but my husband has started to also collect Funkos um he he collects a lot of Star Wars but he also collects other ones as well but he got it in his mind that he needed to own every single version of Ahsoka because Ahsoka is his favorite character so he literally bought every single version of her but he's like you cannot take her out of these boxes he's like if you want if you want to have a, a an Ahsoka, you need to get her yourself. And oh he, had bought, he had bought me a Rebels Ahsoka, which is the one I wanted for so long. He's like, no, you can't take her out. <laughs> I'm like, but why? <laughs> so I'm still looking for her for myself so I can take her out of the box and put her next to Cassian. I would be so petty and I would just take her out of the box. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't break his heart like that. He literally, he literally built extra shelves to put between my two shelf stand so that he could put his ahsoka boxes on them 
<laughs> he like went outside and became a carpenter. I've never seen this man so like <laughs> willing to build stuff. Okay, so I wanted to mention this. Cassian seems to make the point that like rebelling is useless. Um would you say that's fair to say like when he's talking to Luthen in the ship and Luthen's trying to convince him to join him Cassian is basically like why 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 would I do that I wanted to stay alive um and so I thought it, it was so interesting because he's been technically he's been rebelling all this time but on his own and for his own purposes um but he's been doing it, I guess, successfully enough or in a in a way that impresses Luthen, that he got on Luthen's radar. Like, how did he end up getting noticed by him, you know? Um, and so I thought it was interesting that Cassian is like, oh, well, why? You know, it's not going to do anything. You're just part of these groups, blah, blah, blah. But when Cassian is joined or joins other people he'll be able to more effectively rebel um because i think he always had that capability to do so but it just wasn't realized until he had other people to help him and to help and so i think luthan realized that in him somehow and i just thought it was really interesting how that conversation sets up for the aldani like Cassian with the Aldani rebels it kind of foreshadows I don't want to say it foreshadows but it definitely shows that you know Cassian couldn't really rebel on his own but now he's going to be able to effectively we get to see him shine when he's with other people yeah what do you think that makes me think of all of of the times where like in in press like the the cast has said stuff about community and like like one person alone can't go the lengths that like the rebellion requires them to but as a community or as like a group or a team um like a lot can get done and yes the more that these episodes play out the more I'm thinking that he didn't mean like just Ferrix with that like I think that he's also referring to like the Aldani Aldani rebel cell so I think it's interesting that that conversation was really kind of like lit a fire or like ignited something because it's like Andor yes it, the title is Andor and it's Cassian's story but it's also the story of the people who like got Cassian to where he was it, and not yeah. necessarily in like a like a, oh like introduce like in like an I'm introducing you to this other group and yada 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 like climbing up the ranks I'm talking like yeah who influenced him like who helped him become the person that he he is in rogue one Mm -hmm. so i think that this conversation with luthan you said that you didn't see any foreshadowing or it wasn't or something like that but then he said that he would die fighting yeah yeah (laughs) i know that that was put in there to hurt our feelings but it's funny how like it's funny how this really small group of people and I feel like that includes Luthen and then the Aldani rebels which considering like their backstories that are that's on starwars.com or whatever um it sounds like these people are like willing to die like the whole 
Aldani mission, it, they 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 say is a suicide mission, and they're all willing to do it. <laughs> and they've been there for five months. Yeah, they've been training. They'll for this said they've mission. been there five months. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the and then the whole um working with other people thing. Cassian in episode five, we'll get to that, but he does mention that he doesn't he say he doesn't he hasn't worked with others or he doesn't usually work with others um I can't to remember. he says something to the effect that like he doesn't usually work with others which i thought was an interesting thing to to add in because it just further further uh solidifies the idea that like you know this is about cassie and learning to work with other people so yeah. i just think that's really cool like well, like it's like what we see in Rogue One. Like he he's re- reluctant to work with Jin, but then of course, like the you know Jin comes, and then it's Baze and Chirrut, and then Bodhi, and then you know the Pathfinders, and then you know that's how Scarif happens, and how the star the Death Star plans are acquired. So it's like I feel like this is kind of like a parallel to Rogue One yeah. in a way. Like it's like a huge yeah. foreshadowing moment. It it's. It's interesting to me. I've been thinking about it. Like the anticipation building up to episode six is so high because they've had all this time to prepare and they've had all this time to like plan and, you know, learn the language and, and drill and then, you know, mirror that to Rogue One. They had, you know, what seems like minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They kind of were like, yeah, we well, we have to go to Scarif and get the plans. And and yes, it's obviously like the length of the mission isn't similar, but like the stakes, I feel like are as high. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. No, this to see. is this is definitely like Cassian's test. Um, yeah. You know, a test of his faith and willingness, and probably he doesn't even seem like he's fully committed. I know that Nemec says that he is, and he could be. Like, Nemec could see that something that Cassian doesn't even see in himself. We don't know. But um, it's definitely, this is going to be like a, a trial by fire. Or, you know, he's he's thrown into the thick of it. He literally just left Ferrix, and then he's just, like, yeah. plopped down on Aldani, and he's, like, doing something completely different um, than what he was just doing. I mean, just a couple days ago for him, he killed two men you know and he was running and so to see to because I was really thinking about that when we were when I was watching four and five just looking at Cassian you know he's all grumpy and stuff or looks grumpy um and you just have to think oh my gosh he literally just got kind of kidnapped not kidnapped but he just got ripped (laughs) away from his home basically he like had to leave and he evidently he didn't want to leave I don't think not like that yeah, that I think that he wanted it kind of to be on his own terms. It, it exactly. Makes me, yeah, it makes me. It, it keeps reverting back to everything that Luthen is saying. Like I, I forgot what he had said about control, but I, I can't recall. But yeah, going back to Nemec and Cassian and like relationships and it and Rogue One because the you know Rogue One obviously has like a big handprint on Andor, but. I was thinking when I was watching the episodes again is that Nemec to Cassian is what Chirrut was to Jin. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of ways. Yeah. And I, I always, that's like another great, like 
Jin and Cassian parallel that we, we've, we're getting that's kind of not in our face, but it's definitely there because, you know, like Jin was also like a reluctant rebel and then Cassian is too now, but they have these people that like see their shine and Chirut says that in the comic. I don't remember if it's in the novelization, but Baze was like, like a really big Terramin and Skeen moment with Nemec too like two about Cassian and then the same thing happened with Baze Chirrut about Jin, mm-hmm. where Baze was like well why do you follow Jin?" and he was like well because she shines and yeah. I, I think that that's like a huge again like a huge mirroring moment to Definitely. this Cassian so and I don't want to talk I could talk about Jin all day but <laughs> no but she's relevant yeah. she really is relevant to Andor there there's echoes of rogue one in andor you and we're gonna see echoes of andor in rogue one once we watch it again after the show is over they're echoing and mirroring each other just the way and the characters do that um like the plot and the characters do that because they're supposed to and and i think it's totally fair to read into it that way because i think we're supposed to see it that way and Jin is definitely very relevant to a lot of the conversation and I'm sure she'll continue to be especially mm-hmm. when we get Saw in the show so yeah. we'll I, be able to probably see a lot more of it later on but we we've seen it from the beginning I honestly really hope that we get uh we get even like a crumb of a Jin mention when Saw well, comes oh my gosh just I could go on about that because I have so, <laughs> I have some thoughts I've thought about, about like if Luthen knows Saw and how long he's known him and if he knew oh that God, he knew Saw that he had Jin, mm-hmm. like he like just imagine he walks up and he's like, Where's your where's your shadow? Oh gosh. If they do that, I I fear that the And Saw's the, like, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I I fear that the Rebel Rising readers won't survive. But it would make so much sense. It would wouldn't make it? so because, much sense. It would. Because in the trailer, in the trailer, it seemed like Luthen knew Saw and had yeah. known him for a while. So it it's would like, make so much sense for him to just be like, where's your right hand lady? Where's your where's your shadow? Like it would yeah. it would make perfect sense. So sorry to go off track there, but I just no, okay. I think that we should get that. I hope that we get that. But um I I I was really interested in Terramin's story. I've been thinking about him a lot because of what the Star Wars website said about him. I think that it said that he was a former stormtrooper. He was a stormtrooper serving the Empire who defected and is now the chief of operations for the Aldani rebel team. It says he has a vast knowledge of the Imperial machine and plans each step of the mission to ensure the success of a complex heist but what i was just thinking about when i was rewatching the episode was that why didn't Terraman know to put to like flip sides uh, like you know cassian told them to switch yeah i mean I, i'm sure that means nothing and that like but no i that is i didn't think about that but yeah you would imagine that he would know um but who knows like i mean he was a stormtrooper who defected not trying to say that he wasn't like didn't know what he was talking about but 
Yeah. Obviously, he's in that position because, yes, he does know about how the Empire operates, but who knows what level of, um, like, he was just, he was a stormtrooper, so what kind of rank did he have? Um, yeah. How long was he a stormtrooper? We don't know. So there, he might have some gaps in his, uh, like, under, I don't want to say understanding, but maybe it's something he overlooked, which... yeah. I mean, when you put that up against Cassian's knowledge, how I, Cassian's super observant. This is that's yeah. what it's telling us. That's what that whole scene is telling us is that Cassian is very observant, and he's probably had to he's had to be that way since he was a child. You know, had yeah. to wait and watch with the rest of the children on um, Canari. Canari, and so he's he's knows how to be quiet and just watch and wait and listen. So we're seeing that carry over into his adult years and we don't there's a lot of time there's a lot of time we don't know what he was doing i mean he was in prison mm-hmm. then he was a soldier yeah, or cook said, so yeah he had said he went in to the youth center on sipo at 13 13 oh yeah that's gosh. a gosh what did he for, do man for three years <laughs> well that that that's my mm-hmm. that lends to my theory that we discussed last time Oh, where he about, must have okay. done something. Oh, like and okay. So you think? Okay, I think I think that Clem was killed by the Empire, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they took Cassian. Okay, this would make sense. It, like, I feel like that meme from Emperor's New Groove. That's like, oh yeah, it's all coming <laughs> together, <laughs> right? No, but it would make, and it would be so upsetting though, because like Marva losing her husband and her son like the same day. I, I think that that could have been or who knows maybe maybe Clem was killed and then it takes you know Cassian's anger and bitterness about it all festers for a while he does something wrong ends up in imperial prison who knows maybe that's <laughs> it's separate but I think it's I think it obviously it's all connected so yeah but I was thinking about that I was like oh my gosh what if what if you know <laughs> Star Wars what if yeah because like Cassian's is it Antonio Antonio is, yeah he he could play a 13 year old Cassian so I think, I think so too yeah so I think that we we're on to something there I think so I don't want to be right <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're on to something um but yeah circle back around Cassian's very observant I I also thought it was really interesting this is like talking about the rebels again uh lieutenant gorn how in episode five the three like scenes that we see him it's like all four reasons that like it's going to make the rebels as rebels yeah the the rebels mission easier yes i thought that that was really especially the with the stones bell was mentioning the stones in episode four and then we see him at the stones asking him asking the you know the soldiers to clean up target practice did he put it there because obviously aldani group didn't come over to do that uh the i believe that the this the like privates or the soldier said that target practice was like it was other soldiers oh they were doing it oh my gosh sorry yeah no that makes sense that makes sense oh my gosh he he was like i'm gonna be back in an hour blah 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 and then but and it sounds like most of 
the employees will be getting the day off for the eye of Aldani. Yeah. It's so and it, it sounds was so like... cool how he like talked around them and he's like, Oh, I don't know if you should you should be allowed to get the day off. And yeah. they're like, please, mm-hmm. sir. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fine. You know, and his little smirk as he walks away. Yeah. Um, so it's I like want... clearing the area for them. I wonder how much of a hand like he'll have in this mission or if he is gonna get out of it or I think a lot of people are worried about like the other rebels dying, but I think I'm most fearful for Lieutenant Gorn. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm afraid that he's gonna get found out and captured and like interrogated for his part in it, perhaps, or just yeah. at least punished or questioned when like things go wrong. And he's um, def- he's definitely gonna have to stay behind. I would assume I so. Yeah. I mean, I guess he knows the risks and he knows what could probably go wrong. Yeah. But it's so yeah it definitely makes me feel like oh i really hope he makes it because <laughs> i know vel's making making it out nemec is making it out and Cinta. like they're the three of them are guaranteed i think skeen too because i'm pretty sure he's in this he's, he's in a clip of uh, in a oh, preview yeah. clip i am worried about terraman and i'm worried about lieutenant oh, gore yeah. i don't I, want them to go <laughs> me neither i i want i i think that that I, I I have faith that they'll live like I really do but you know Tony said that there would be a high death, death count yeah so yeah. I, I think that it wouldn't shock me if somebody died but we have clips of the first few that I said in other shots obviously on Ferrix as well so I guess it's like I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I I am worried about Terraman. I don't. I don't want I need him to, to like look back through the screenshots of the previews I to know. like see. It, um, it would it would be really cool to see if they somehow like all make it out and they all make it to Ferrix and like help Cassian like on the rest of this mission. It would just be really cool to know and to see that like this rebel cell started the way that it did. And saw the form, like the formation of the rebellion, to yeah. how we know it, like yeah. orange jumpsuits and like Yavin Four, and like it would just be really cool to know that that's how it played out the, for them. Yeah, one of yeah. the one of the sparks that lit the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and like to like I I, I yeah I don't want to get too much in like after this because I know we're talking about the episodes, but I I. I do have like a lot of faith in this group. I I feel like they're kind of like the new ghost crew. Yeah. Yeah. I can feel that. They yeah. definitely have their roles with each other. Um they're a little bit more uh they're not I don't think they're as familial, but they definitely have have become that because we know that the yeah. core group of them have been together for 5 months. So you can definitely see, you know, how Steen calls them Cinta and Nemec the kids and yeah um, so you know we know like- that yeah we know that bill and cinta are a thing so there's definitely relationships between them yeah which i was so excited about vel and cinta like i know that it was subtle but it it was definitely there like yeah the whole episode there was multiple instances with that like at like them you know obviously coming out of the 
the tent together and then skiing saying that she's already sharing a blanket and then like Belle being super jealous throughout the episode when Cassian was trying to flirt with Cinta. Yeah. And then yeah, the scene where Terraman asked like did you like if Cinta knew and she was like no, she didn't tell me. I was like this is so like this this is confirmation that that we have lesbians in space. <laughs> yeah, because if like honestly, if you had if it had been a man and a woman thing, like it would oh, have it's yeah. so in your face. So mm-hmm. I mean it just obviously they're obviously together yeah um and I love that me too it's so awesome because it's like it's it's what I like is that it is subtle because it's like you have this couple that's probably been together and like worked together for a really long time and they're a partnership and they're we're gonna see them work together the two of them so because they obviously are going off on their own because they have those suits on and they also have the explosives yeah uh, i'm so excited to see the bell and Cinta little side, mis- side mission yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i love um, how he's like where are they going you don't need to know worry about that <laughs> i know the fact that they're so confident in the two of them too makes me wonder if this group of people has like have worked together before i I think that maybe um, they definitely have trained a lot and they know what they're about. Um, and they obviously all have their own backgrounds and their own experience to bring to the table. It really makes me wonder how Nemec got into this. Not to say he's weak or anything, but it really makes me wonder how he got into this group and what his speciality um, is. Because I know... <sighs> You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to downplay his role in the group, but out of the all, out of all of them, what is his what is his what does he bring? Like who was he? Well, I I guess that also leads to the question like how did like did Luthen find them or like was it a similar situation with Cassian where like he found this group of people and and like he kind of form formulated this group but I, I feel like with Nemec, like he's obviously a soldier. Like we're gonna see him, we're gonna see him fight, and we're gonna see him. But that I also noticed with like the the um the navigational skills and like the the build like building the the dam. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's definitely he's. De- I'm sorry. I'm now. I'm thinking more about it. It's like oh yeah, he definitely has some. He definitely contributes. Um, and it also says he's a gifted astro navigator. So yeah, he probably um, has helped them figure out all sorts of things with, you know, how distances and obviously the, with the scale of the, um, like the miniatures and stuff he built so they could have like a visual of the, the dam and the garrison um, mm-hmm. when they were planning stuff. Yeah, he obviously, he obviously is very technically minded. So which they which is great is what they need yeah I the more that I think about this group of people the more that I feel like going back to talking about Rogue One because like we said there's like a big handprint but yeah. I feel I feel like Nemec is Chirrut and then uh Skeen could in this case be Baze, Sinta, Jin, um things like that like we yeah. like we 
I, the, all of these people are being introduced into Cassian's life. Um, and then later on, there will be people who will come into it that will remind him of them, essentially. Like, I feel like Nemec is, in this case, like Bodhi. Like, the... I don't want to say childlike because Bodhi's not a child. I, I, I the, the like lightheartedness of Bodhi is like the same. The gentleness. Yeah, they, they, that was the word. Thank you. Uh, that is the same that we see in Nemec, which is really interesting to like make the parallels, especially thinking about like Bodhi and Rogue One and his relationship with Cassian, which honestly like wasn't much of one. It, it, it could have been like a, a friendship could have formed long after Scarif maybe when like a lot of healing had been done yeah yeah but I think that I see it yeah I I think that like with Nemec and getting to know Nemec this way like because obviously Rogue One is like a big what if like the afterwards is Mm -hmm. so I just feel like was Cassian like thinking of these people in these moments and like how their relationships could have played out I honestly want like yeah I want like an entire book now that's Rogue One but Cassian's perspective (laughs) yeah yeah honestly and I was gonna make this point because we're talking about how some of these rebels on Aldani um kind of are similar to the Rogue One characters I think Vel is in some ways like Cassian and then when you think about Vel and Cinta together yeah. and it does like Jin. sorry to bring in Jin Cassian but but I I see because the way that Vel was taking orders from Luthen she accepted them and she went with it and she stuck with them but I don't know I think that I think when you see when you really study how Vel is in these episodes she's trying to hold it together and she's trying to make the best decisions and she's yeah. trying to delegate and be in control and they obviously respect her too i mean they respect her but they also question her but then in all at the end of the day they accept it and so i think that cassian i don't want to say cassian has like a lot to learn from other people because i i and i think he does but i think he's i think he's learning from her yeah i think he's definitely learning from her it's interesting that you say that because there's also that whole like betrayal aspect of Vel. Like Vel brought in this outsider and like mm-hmm. the betrayal as in like how, you know, Cassian kind of lied to the group and then yeah. Vel lied to the group, although obviously she didn't know, but had to. And she has these like orders laid out for her that she has to follow. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So it's definitely it, like they're very I, similar. I wouldn't be surprised if Vel was like an obviously influential person and leader in Cassian's life. Like Cassian, I feel, is already like a natural born leader. But like you said, he he does still have a lot to learn. He's nowhere close to the man that we know in yeah. Rogue One. And then there's also that scene with Vel, Terramin, and Cassian where they're asking about the the switch or or how they calculate the weight. Yes. And for the transport. Yes, that I think that's one of my favorite scenes in the show because I feel like it it's really tense and it says a lot about Cassian's 
character in a very like short period of time yeah it has that like you see his personality and then you see his like leadership and then you see how he reacts and like tense situations and things like that like I I he was responding sternly because he this was a it's literally a life or death situation and they're you know two or three days before and they didn't have this planned out and he asked Mm -hmm. them he was like what would you have done and it's it's interesting to see how he just kind of answered the question like he didn't he didn't make fun of them or he didn't bring them down or like like how a like a true like leader and mentor yeah like I, I not like they didn't he didn't reprimand them he was like look like and then it made me think of what Lieutenant Gorn said to Cassian at the beginning. He was like, I have my neck in your hands. Yeah. And Cassian was like, I know the feeling. And then we kind of see that quote like in play here. Like, uh, yes. like Cassian has his neck and every other rebel's hands because he's the new guy and he was just introduced to this mission and he is hoping that they have it down to a t and it seems that way but like another thing that comes into play is like honesty like they could have just flat out said like we don't know yeah we don't know how to do this yeah and i think that that plays that's a factor later on because we see throughout episode five we see how cassian's really on edge because uh skeen is really like trying to feel him out and and Mm -hmm. he knows there's something something's not right or he's not doesn't have the full picture about Cassian and so we see Cassian on the defensive a lot because Skeen keeps poking at him to try and figure him out and um and Cassian's desperately trying to hide that kyber crystal because he knows as soon as it's seen it's going to be evident that there's more going on than what meets the eye and so when talking about the honesty thing I love the moment that he decides to be like as upfront as he can be without mentioning Luthen. Yeah. And that really the way he just the masterful way he guides that tense situation. Yeah. He really had them because he's honest and then he comes around and he says, well, you know, it would have been something else if it wasn't me. Kind of like testing them you know like hey don't use me as an excuse to be afraid or back out and of course then they have to be like we're not backing out we're not afraid he's like well you like yeah you are and so am I so you know I just I love that he was so oh my gosh Cassian's so intelligent (laughs) Well, well like the admittance of fear is such a brave thing to do because you know what's the saying it's like uh bravery isn't the absence of fear but like the acceptance of it or something like that or the overcoming but it it, it's interesting like it's interesting to he's so human Mm. a lot all of these rebels are like they're if you want to compare them to like the the jedi i guess we could just pull them out of the air and use them but like we we see the jedi and and like other stories as these heroes and and these people that are unafraid and like literally like look you know war right in the eyes and like they have these weapons in the forest and they have a lot of things on their side like i 
but with the rebels they they don't they're just these people that are there and they're just doing it like like vel said they all have their own personal rebellion so like gorn like he lost the woman that he loved and then he he lost the promotion cassian lost his entire family multiple times we don't know about the others much but you know uh skiing lost his brother so it's yeah. like they are all going through these personal things and it, it's just like a really human moment that moment when when cassian is you know admitting that he's afraid and, and that that you know the day before is always difficult and that I, I think I just love the pacing of these episodes because I've never felt like more nervous <laughs> for something before essentially yeah. like it, it wasn't just like okay we're just gonna do introduce this guy and then we're just gonna suit up and go do the mission like we 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 learned about these people in two episodes more than we've learned about a lot of characters in Star Wars in a in a movie yeah and I love it I love how you know there's been some people who have kind of complained that it's you know it's really slow it drags out and stuff but Mm -hmm. I think that I think that this is the best way they could have told this story is this way this pacing um the way that they take the time to introduce the characters and that the way in the way that they interact with each other because all of it is important. Every single little aspect is important. Even though some people might be like, oh, it took, you know, drug, drug on, blah, blah, blah. It's like, are you listening? <laughs> are yeah. you paying attention? <laughs> I'm I know. serious because everything is so important to the plot. Just re-watching these episodes, I was noticing things that I did not notice on the first watch. Just yeah. little tiny lines that really alluded to bigger things that, you know, could be going on. Um, and there's something I want to mention later with uh, Dedra, but um, just there's so much to get into. And I love that. I love that we mm-hmm. get so much to talk about. Yeah, um, it, it's it's definitely like a really heavy show, not 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 in an emotional way, per se, but just like it, it, it's a lot like it's a lot of information and it's a lot of people and it just feels really real like it doesn't feel like star wars sometimes but then again it feels so much like star wars in some way and like we know cassian andor and like but then again if we think about it we really didn't know him because look at all that we've learned like in episode four we learned that he fought on uh mimbon and then now we learned that he went to a youth center and spent three years there and then you know, he knows of Skeen's tattoos. So I just wonder about about that. And Cassian says something to Skeen that is like burned in my brain. He was like, you do know who I am and I'll kill you for it. And I keep thinking about that. Like he knows the type of person he is. Like he knows the type of man he is. And no wonder Skeen like jumped him because he knew exactly what type of person Cassian was and he knew that like the only way he was going to get any truth or any anything out of him was if he jumped him and 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 took his just took what he wanted from him took the kyber from him and And um yeah I I I want to talk about the kyber because I feel like it's a lot more essential than 
it's appearing to be. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, like when when Luthen gives it to him at the beginning, and he's like, I want it back. A, he's confident that Cassian is going to get out of this mission. But I think that the Kyber is like a, it's like a silent promise that Cassian is being forced to, you know, swear on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, A, Luthen has faith that Cassian is going to come out of this mission. But also, B, I feel like it's it's essential to it. Yeah. And I think that he's really, there's multiple times in that conversation in the ship where Luthen really, I, I know that he's, I want to say he's, he's very smart and we know that he can act and we know that he does everything for a reason. And yeah. so everything that he was saying and doing to Cassian in that scene, I don't want to say Luthen's like a manipulator or anything, but he definitely knew what he was doing. Like one of the first things he does is directs him to a med pack. Next, yeah. he offers him med nog, like to drink. And then he's telling him, I risked my ass for you. Like he's, he's really kind of showering Cassian in all these like subtle things that I... Cassian is probably not even registering, you know? Wh- yeah. Which is, which is wild um especially because Luthen like knows all of this about Cassian like he's so confident and Cassian is like why are you like how do you know like how are you so sure and yeah. it, it's I, I want to know more about Luthen like I want to know the research he's done on Cassian and at the end with Clea he mentions Andor like he's he says the name like Clea is obviously in on it she knows who's she knows to an extent who he's talking about because he's probably filled her in to an extent but that makes me wonder is like is is Clea like more in on this than we think like I I really feel like she is way more significant to the storyline than she's being oh for sure for sure I she is definitely yeah because I I know we have the theory that that's his that's Cassian's sister but I I think that moving that aside I think that she has a way bigger plot line coming down the line and I think we're gonna be surprised by it yeah and and she she definitely because the first time we see her she's reporting to Luthen everything she sees out that window she's like Mon Mothma's here she has a new driver and he's like is is he Chandril and she's like you would hope so you know she's really on it she's definitely yeah like his right hand person and then when in that last scene he's concerned you know he's like do you have your go bag ready you know to get on the ship and go like yeah because yeah so she's definitely really involved I want to say she's I don't know she could be more involved just in the Coruscant um side of things Mm -hmm. but who knows if she's gone on with like gone on the ship with him and gone places and met people um but yeah so back to the kyber sorry did you have something (laughs) want to say no i i i I feel like yeah with clay i I was just also thinking like uh because we have that scene with her in the red hood exactly so we've got some hints that she's going to be very much involved later on yeah um but like the Kyber obviously is important to Luthen. Um, yeah. He could have been lying about it. We don't know, but it yeah. definitely seemed like 
it was important to him and and by saying that to Cassian Cassian's like wanting to keep a hold of it not just I think I honestly think that there's a part of Cassian that wants to keep hold of the Kyber because it's obviously very valuable but also because Luthen said he wanted it back yeah I want to say Cassian has some like a soft side to him that he would think he consider that as well like he needs to get it back not just for himself but for Luthen as well yeah so yeah he's so sweet he is <laughs> he's so cute trying to tuck it in his shirt I know he was doing a really bad job <laughs> he's like the chains like hanging out I know uh. it was so that shot that just made me remember the shot but the shot of Cassian where Tay's facing Terraman and he's wearing the the clothes the black's too big for his body and Terraman is like we'll make a soldier of you yet I was like Donnie Gelry I'm in your walls <laughs> I, <laughs> I know was like, you can't just throw that in there you and then you, you but... like you oh my gosh and when he puts on the actual uniform later that we're gonna see I I, I really I I don't I don't remember if I wish I knew but the screenshot with him wearing the uniform it has like the little uh code cylinders it should have a code cylinder in the jacket and it would be really cool if one of like Terraman came up and like adjusted it and oh, then it, yeah. it's like a callback to like or a call I don't know call forward to <laughs> when Jin notices in oh, the yes. novel that Cassian's code cylinders are like regulation straight and they're like not at all out of place because he's done this before I just think it'd be really cool if we see that I don't know probably won't happen but it would be cool so we talked about the rebels and we can I think I think it's time I think it's time we talk about Cyril and Dedra (laughs) and maybe maybe a little bit of Mon Mothma in there um a little but yeah let's (laughs) (laughs) no no she's my main woman I love her but let's pivot to Coruscant because we kind of talked about a little bit with Luthan and Clea but let's pivot fully there um so we learn that Cyril is he basically uh fucked over his job um the Primor security (laughs) and (laughs) screwed them over and he got sent home Coruscant and he's having to live with his mother now and in episode four we got to see him actually come home and he was greeted with a slap so we got to we got to see the kind of woman his mother is um she's an amazing actress she really is I I hate her (laughs) I'm loving I'm loving to hate her she's definitely very good at the characters she plays so and they're they're their dialogue is just crazy like listening to it today it was so it's so like it's he it's so funny how he talks to her very similar to how he talks to like the subordinates that he did at work that same attitude I mean not the same like no and I agree I think he learned it from her because we see her there we go yes he's giving yeah. back what she's giving to him and so all yeah. this all the way he's like the, the ways that he's talking um definitely emulates her and yeah he, and now that he's a man because obviously when he was a boy he probably wasn't able to he probably didn't speak like that to her when he yeah. was younger I, I would assume and so um 
but now that he's been out and been in his own person coming back he's able to like give what she give back what she gives to him and so like you said it's it was a crazy conversation to see very human um which you know just further speaks to andor's amazingness is that this conversation could be something that you hear someone have in real life yeah exactly and so it's definitely cool it's it's cool to see that in the same like we were introduced to marva and we were introduced to his mother and with marva like cassian and marva greeted with a kiss on the cheek and cyril got treated got greeted with a slap on the face so oh yeah i think that's interesting it hurt it hurt (laughs) it's i the way he said mother with like that scowl i i love kyle solera now he's playing cyril it's perfect i he's so good at, he's so good it's amazing and, and the, the the crying scene at the beginning oh, i know that, poor guy that hurt me because like i mean i don't know i've started to really i don't want to say i'm like completely and totally sympathetic to his character because he's done some messed up stuff but i i don't know i just i see i'm he's struggling <laughs> He's yeah, really he's, going through it. He's having a hard time. <laughs> it's you so know? it's so funny. Uh the the, <laughs> the the like moments where he's sitting in his room and he's staring at pictures of Cassie and Andor and he's crying in the dark. <laughs> like, it's like I mean, he's, he oh. he obviously appeals to the audience because we're just like it. <laughs> yeah we we sit around crying about cassian and it's so true so true Ky- <laughs> so true i know um, i want to call him kyle too i know cyril, so cyril true looks cyril. like a kyle <laughs> <laughs> so true cyril but um yeah no because he was like in a position where he thought that he was gonna you know he was doing the right thing he was taking charge he was doing what he should do because we we hear from um, Tony Gilroy himself that he's just trying to do the right thing. He's trying to do the right thing beyond what his superiors uh, want because he knows his superiors are uh, inept. And so, so Cyril is just trying to do right. And he's trying to get praise and he's trying to do what he knows he should, which was solve the murders of his fellow employees and and that's just in Cyril's headspace. I really don't think that it goes much farther than that. I think that that's just his character. That's who he is. At, like his personality leans towards seeking approval and doing the job correctly and right and doing the right thing in his job. And so when you see like the em- or not the empire, but um, the security uh, company cutting corners lying and stuff that's not what he signed up for apparently because he just he wants to do a good job so now he's lost all of that and that's that sets us up perfectly for how we know he's going to um meet dedra and so so going to dedra um what did you think about the scenes we get with her in four and five was there anything that stood out to you yes when when and it stuck out today again too when I was rewatching it but when she was like if I were them this is how I'd do it and I know that 
I know that Denise signed up for both seasons because she had hinted that they were in this for five years, but then they shortened it mm-hmm. because of certain reasons. But it made me think like it could be a foreshadowing moment, but it also could just be that like she almost thinks that these rebels are like smart and yeah and and she's an obviously like a really intelligent woman but I keep thinking of that scene because she says that if I were them like this is how I'd do it I'd spread it all out and then he her assistant was like it's too random to be random so and then we obviously know at this like the same time period like the phoenix the ghost crew was the phoenix cell i can't yeah okay. i think yeah yeah yes, so it, they it were. like that's going on at the same time and and it, it's yeah and it's really cool because like you're saying they're operating like you said at the same time but we know in rebels they haven't like they haven't coalesced as a solid like alliance or rebellion at this point yeah um because they're literally Hera just can't, like Hera, Hera can't even tell the rest of the crew who she's they... getting information from. Yeah. Just like how Bell can't tell the rest of the Aldani group who she's getting information from. Yeah, it, it's, it's literally the same just like, kind of thing. It's just blips in the galaxy, which is also really interesting because the scene that she has with uh, Matakaz I forgot his name already the the head honcho essentially an ice bee yeah so he after that she's denied the request and she takes it to to the major because I know that's his rank but I can't remember his name um he admits to her that he knows of like this is the the um misogyny essentially going on in the isb yeah world she was like lieutenant and I, i'm forgetting his name uh yes he adheres to like the more quote-unquote traditional views or things like that so he was like i can tell that it could be a really it felt so much like a real corporate conversation yeah it, it was kind of really it was literally Dedra going to HR. <laughs> yeah. It, it was so crazy how real. We 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 see ISB with Callus and it's a more like it's a it's a it's it's a bigger it's in, he's in the field. We see him in yeah. the field more than we see him talking to the rest of like the bureaucracy of the yeah. of the organization, but now we're seeing the bureaucracy of it. Yeah, like we we see we see Callus with Darth Vader. We see Callus with Thrawn. Bigger instances, but with Dedra, she's just a lieutenant. She's been there for a year. It's just these like people working for the Empire, going to work every day. And I always, I always think about this because they're just office workers, right? I, I like, do they know the extent that the Empire is? going to i think that dedra does know yeah i think that all the people in that room that the meeting was in they know because when they were talking about i think it was arvala six or whatever that one of the men was mentioning the way that they were so clinically talking about how they were 
basically quelling i'm i'm assuming it was like an uprising on this at this place yeah it was halting mining operations and then so the major is asking like how's your your um what did he call it it was like how is your i have it right here um uh sorry it was something i was really focused on basically i'm so sorry it's right here um yeah they were he's storing displaced people like how's the storing of your of the displaced going storing of the displaced oh basically like where are you sticking all these displaced people that you kicked off the land to mine on Mm -hmm. that's what he was talking about and then he's like well you haven't really come up with a solution have you and the guy's like uh and he's like well what do we do here we're here to like oh yeah so they're like healthcare providers yeah Yeah. exactly Mm -hmm. which was so oh so uncomfortable because if you just listen to that so and not it's so easy to miss that they're talking about people that they are oppressing yeah they're talking about that but they're talking about it so dis- detached he just called it them displaced not displaced yeah. people not locals not natives he just said displaced it was so detached from the humanity of it all and yeah. we see dedra jump in to give a, a just a textbook answer because like that's she's she's a careerist um but she is definitely involved with similar similar stuff because she has i think he was mentioning a um that she has been dealing with prison stuff too like she has dealt with people that have been incarcerated and he said he mentioned a report that she made or whatever i I recall that he said that she came from enforcement yes Mm -hmm. and so we know that she definitely has had a history in that but talking about her in episode five when we see her talking about um she's trying to find i forget what's like more information on displaced not i keep saying displaced but lost items oh yes like um, because her jurisdiction is steer guard so she 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 knew about the the star path unit yeah it was under so yeah so steer guard must have been in her jurisdiction which yeah. is really Cassian went all the way to Steergard, wherever that is, to steal a Sorry Path unit for yeah. whatever reason. I I don't understand why he would go so far to get it and why he would get it. I mean, we know that yeah. he told Bix he was saving it because so you it know, had it's been worth a lot. it had been quite some time. Yeah. So yeah. what the heck? When did that happen? I but, don't know. But... Digress. I digress. Going back to Dedra, <laughs> when she's talking to her assistant or her aide. Um, he is like, oh, you know, there hasn't been any broken, misplaced, stolen items in the past, like, 12 quarters or whatever from, um, it was, uh, Hosnian Prime, that sector, I guess. And she's like, well, is there any, you know, unofficial ledgers? Uh So it just really made me think that, like, she is aware that there is a lot of fudging of the records in empire where they're trying to maintain uh, an appearance not even just to the like the citizens the regular citizens of the galaxy but to themselves that everything's okay nothing's going wrong 
we have it under control we're in we we are in control but she is aware that that's not the case that they definitely have lost like a lot of stuff to rebels or mismanagement you know that kind of thing and so i just thought mm-hmm. it was really cool how they just subtly showed that well the empire definitely doesn't have we know the empire doesn't have it all together but just yeah. that the the bureaucracy and the corp the office minded side of it knows that which which reminds me of when dedra is looking for the star path unit and like files um ferrix is spelled incorrectly yeah uh it's it's not it's not like the full unit it's just like here star path unit and it, it's like half-assed work essentially yeah yeah and so and- this really builds and this builds on the fact that and we've heard denise and kyle talk about this that they are dissatisfied with the way that the empires run and the bureaucracy yeah. of it all and so you get two dissatisfied people coming together crossing paths we don't know how dedra and cyril are gonna exactly cross paths yet but they will yeah. and they are very similar and they're gonna they're gonna see the similarities in each other and the wants for the same thing in each other and that's gonna that's gonna really cause some problems for the <laughs> rebels i'm sure to have those two with their ambitions and their drives meet up and work yeah. together and so i just think it's cool that they're setting up subtly i mean it's subtle not so subtle depends on how well you're i guess paying attention but setting up this sort of dissatisfaction in dedra and obviously a want to i don't know if cyril's gonna be like on a path of revenge but he definitely wants to finish what he started with cassian yeah and and redeem himself probably in a way so they both are going to have very similar uh i guess motivations it's going to be really neat to see them come together (laughs) and i mean i'm not i'm not rooting against the rebels at all but i just think it'll be really neat to see these two characters uh meet up so yeah (laughs) and then at the same time on coruscant we have mon and perrin and lita yes she has she has a daughter which i know we both have a lot of feelings about lita but i was thinking about this today because i was watching we you know we were watching it and yeah yeah. episode but lita is the perfect example of a child who feels neglected by their parent yeah and mon in that instance it, it isn't aware of that's essentially that she's doing that yeah i really don't think that she could see it um i yeah like yes yes lita is a brat like 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 we i think in our teenage years we were all brats and but i don't think that she deserves any like hatred or yeah i i think that the way that lita feels in her mind and honestly like in reality is is valid like yes it's it, it's shitty the way Perrin is like kind of like he was nodding his head he was just being such dick in that moment he wasn't helpful at all in that moment no he or a husband like 
or any partner in that situation when they see you know their other their partner in a quarrel like with the child that they you know had together yeah he would have uh, de-escalated but I, I think that yeah it's so disappointing to know that everybody in Mon's life aside obviously from we know Bale and we kind of can suspect Luthen is against her like everyone besides those two people that we know and others obviously like Brea and but she's it just an, she's an island she's yeah. really alone and and I think you were mentioning this I want to say you were mentioning this on the Rogue Fun podcast um everyone should go check that out the most recent episode but um she she can't relax when she goes home like she has to go from yeah. the stressful life of being a senator to go home be and to be a wife and a mother and she can't even really do that because those people yeah. aren't good to her and and i'm sure it's just so difficult for her to relax or find any sort of peace and we can really see that um she's trying to make an effort to be with her daughter take her to school and obviously from what we can tell she hasn't been around as much to to actually like really be there for Lita. It just doesn't seem like she has. Yeah. And we know why. We know that she has like a really stressful job and she's got to secure funding for Luthen because I think yeah. that's really what she's doing at this point. She's just securing funding for him. And I wonder if that's what the charity that she started that she mentioned that she started with Oh, Karen, yes, because she did is another she mention it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, is another way to secure funding for Luthen. Um, I think that that could be, that could definitely be, um, connected there. So she's, she's so alone and I, but I really don't think people should be so hard on Lita because she is a child and she's just reacting to what's around her. And obviously Perrin plays a part in that he's a shitty husband. And, um, it seems like he's probably indulgent to Lita and, when mon tries to parent lita obviously doesn't respond to it as well because for one she probably hasn't been there to create that sort of like there's probably been respect broken maybe broken promises we don't know what has made lita become this way towards her mother exactly but obviously something has and so i do i just um i feel so bad for her but i love that they're doing this because it it just adds so much richness to the narrative to the story i Um, I was just thinking that like we haven't like we haven't really seen like a like a a a family like a like a blood family in kind of turmoil like this like we haven't seen an office job in star wars we haven't seen like a family I wonder if they'll go the same route that they did in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, where essentially, like, at the beginning, um, Leia thinks that her parents are just kind of ignoring her or, like, not paying enough attention to her. Uh, But what she doesn't know was that they're essentially building the rebellion from the ground up. And they can't really tell her yet. And Mon obviously can't tell Lita. And she can't tell parent so she's literally like what's what's sad to make the comparison is that like bail had brea brea had bail oh but mon doesn't have parent 
<laughs> it's, that makes it's, me so sad. I know. It really is sad to know that she is just like on this island by herself, literally like from the inside, just trying to build this rebellion that we know. And what's even more poignant is, and I obviously haven't like done a lot of research on this, but like at the in the deleted scene with Revenge of the Sith, like with Padme and Bale and Mon, like Padme essentially had this like dream, like this rebel like this dream of a rebellion. And Bale and Mon are upholding that. So it's really poignant. I'm gonna use that word again, because Mon like Bale and Brea have each other, and I'm sure that they're thinking a lot of Padme. And they 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 have Padme's child, but like Mon is alone, and yeah. like the the sadness of like Padme, it's funny. I can't believe Padme came up of all people, <laughs> but, but she is relevant to this specific chapter I think so of too. the story. She actually is relevant, and I and yeah, I've been like, I, I've I been love talking about a lot Padme. about her. Yeah, I love talking about Padme in this respect because mm -hmm. she really is she was very pivotal in the beginning of the rebellion. Um, yeah. And I think we need to give her her due in that because yeah. she definitely did spearhead. Um, she was one of the founders of the rebellion. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it is very relevant to bring her up, especially talking about Mon and Bale um, because they were like a trio. Yeah. I know that they all meant a lot to each other and I, it's, I said this in the Rogue Fun podcast, but it, it's amazing how, like, Bale and Mon, and then you think of their children, like Lita and Leia, they don't understand what their parents are doing, and uh, they see it as, like, a form of neglect, almost, but, like, Mon and Bale are doing, essentially, like, everything in their power, and I don't want to leave Brea out. But the Organas and like Mon are 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 like literally building a safe a safer world for the children that they have and yeah. for the children that their children have to for them. A because secure they, future. Yeah. They're literally doing everything in their power. So it's just really it, it's really sad from Mon's and Lita's perspective. Because there's no way, like, there's no explanation. Like, Mon is literally a stick in the mud. Like, she, yeah, she, she can't tell, like, she can't tell them anything. So, yeah. she literally just has to deal with the weight of that, her, like, that her kid is mad at her. Yeah. And, she and, doesn't understand. Uh, and she's like, tells her it's hurtful. I yeah. just, I feel so strongly for Mon. I love her so much. And yeah. I'm excited to see what will, like, more of her. And I thought it was really interesting, I just have to say this, that Lita and Leia are almost, see, like, just take the, the D out as Leia. Which yeah. I I know that, I don't know, obviously they must have thought about this, but I just thought it was interesting that they did that. And um, then Leia. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't <laughs> know. But uh, I can't wait to see more of them. I know. I, I I want to see more of Lita. And I I feel like we're gonna see we're gonna see some more family dynamic at the dinner scene. Cause I know that oh, we see that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, does that mean we'll see we'll see uh who Perrin thinks is fun? <laughs> well yeah, I'm gonna I'm assuming we're gonna see Sly more. I really Masamata, hope so. 
And uh, I think there was one other. Oh my gosh, Masamata is the. Um, oh my gosh, I feel so dumb that I don't know the the species right off the top of my head. But he looks like kind of like a te- Togruta, um, and he stands oh, next yes. to Emperor Palpatine. Oh my gosh, yes, I don't know that's Masamata. And then um, I can. I hope we Sly see Moore. them. Yeah, Slymore is in a also in one of those shots where uh, they're standing at the middle oh, yes. podium in the senate and she you've seen pictures of her at this point but she's bald and she's got the kind of the i don't know how to explain it, the robe the ro- no she's got like a oh. robe that comes up behind her head yes. and around her she um, looks like too. <laughs> well i i looked her up because someone had mentioned this a while back they're like because we were looking at a screenshot from really far away and they're like that could be sly more and I, it's like a little tiny white speck in the middle of the screen and i'm like no way and then i looked at her up just to see where she is in canon <laughs> and she makes it like she makes it through the war she's alive through the like the whole war the somebody Black said Civil war somebody said that she was ray's grandma some people had this theory a while ago i think but he well because because (laughs) like there was a rumor in the empire that like she was palpatine's side piece (gasps) yeah (laughs) and apparently she i think she's on baron but i'm just so i really hope that we see them like you said in the dinner scene because oh my gosh me too i just got so excited (laughs) i want to see them fun slime wars (laughs) <laughs> and this is Perrin's uh day of days party I think it's like his birthday party oh my gosh I want to invite slime more to my BA bash <laughs> like what the <laughs> heck I know oh it's gonna be so weird okay I'm so, yeah speaking of dinner parties I to, to end this I actually have a question for you oh my goodness you can ask the same thing for me but Let's say you were at Mon Mothma's dinner party. What would your drink of choice be? Okay. So like like any so like a Star Wars drink? It can I, I have a list of Star Wars drinks if you want me to read them to you. But mm. I if do you want me to? Yes. Okay, I'll read you three. So the fuzzy tauntaun is peach vodka, peach schnapps, orange juice and cane sugar and then tingling foam on the top and uh the disney employees actually warn you not to inhale the foam through your nose and me being the rule breaker i did um (laughs) by accident why oh accident okay 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 um there is uh bespin fizz it's uh bacardi yuzu puree pomegranate juice white cranberry juice and cloud swirl whatever that is um and then there is my personal favorite but only because they brought this from lost stars to galaxy's edge but uh jet juice it's it's bourbon uh ancho reyes chile liqueur with sedia acai liqueur white grape juice and lemon juice so out of those three oh man i would say the fuzzy tauntaun or the jet juice um the jet juice is like a punch in the face (laughs) and the fuzzy tauntaun would be pretty like sweeter um it, it it's interesting how the fuzzy tauntaun was kind of like 
the the foam at the top it was like numbing so it gave it kind of like a like a spicy not spicy I feel like I would need to I feel like if I had that at Mon's dinner party I would embarrass myself I was the jet juice I feel like would just put me on my ass and I would start flirting with her what was the middle what was the middle one again what was the second one again uh if I say the wrong one I'm sorry oh uh the Bespin Fizz. It's uh, okay. Bokari Superior Rum, uh, Yuzu Puree, Pomegranate Juice, White Cranberry Juice, and Cloud Swirl. I think the Cloud like... Swirl's like the the um, sort of glittery... Uh, like, yes. san- I think I'd want that, actually. I, I feel like that's, that's the safest option at Mon's dinner party. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't it... want to... I, wanna, I would want it to enjoy myself. I want it to be enjoyable to drink yes. so that it would offset like the sour faces around me and the fake faces around me yeah like the fake people around me I need to have a little (laughs) bit of like happiness in a cup for for myself but I don't need to embarrass myself so I feel like it's the perfect balance perhaps it's the game where it's like how many shots do you have to take to like to like fuck somebody essentially sorry (laughs) but like it's like this this instance but it's like how many shots do you have to take to be able to speak to parents fun friends at the mothma whatever his last name dinner party is (laughs) oh my gosh yeah yeah that's basically it so i I feel feel like like the besbin fizz and i'd love to look like the little swirl thing i'd probably like it comes in in the corner yeah it comes in a cute cup too so i feel like it definitely be like a conversation piece like you can pull that out and you can be like hey mon (laughs) <laughs> these Let's drinks are amazing lanes. <laughs> two completely t- <laughs> um, but that's literally how it would be this drink's amazing let's talk about shipping lanes and she just be like, like oh. do you think that that's most conversations with mon mothma like like at rebel base like i was thinking today of like an office situation rebel base where it's like everybody's just kind of it's like a regular tuesday for all these rebels and then like cassian goes up to mon and he's like hey mon how are you and she's like good i went out to eat last night and he's like oh yeah where there's no fucking restaurants on the oven for <laughs> but like, he had they- something shipped in special yeah <laughs> she had someone bring her something that's okay and that's what made me think about mon loving tea i think i spied pots of tea in front of her in oh that gosh, shot she's a, so she's a tea girly didn't mon mothma tea girly didn't jen say she liked tea or am i imagining that in my brain i honestly don't know but i i am, i feel like that's something she'd say i think she would yeah it's canon now yeah mon mothma is definitely a tea girly and i love that <laughs> Because I am too. <laughs> I I I I'm getting the vibe from like Mrs. Fink's in Coraline, where she like reads the tea leaves. <laughs> yeah, I want Mon Mothma <laughs> to read my tea leaves. She's like <laughs> a Sphinx enforceable, but it's but it's it's Mon Mothma and Luthen. <laughs> uh, I want to sit in a room with Mon and and Luthen and have them read my tea leaves. Oh please. I would after, love that. After we have some Bestman fizz and talk about shipping lanes together. <laughs> I love I love this like colorful cast of characters. I would want to talk to any and all of them. Like I want to be friends with them. I want to even even Dedra. I just want to be like, 
hey girl (laughs) (laughs) just that just hey girl she's so relatable she's like oh it's late you should probably go home to her aid like wow and then she's like taking headache pills probably or something to keep (laughs) her awake like she's just like got her her imperial issued thermos (laughs) it's probably filled with cold brew from that morning probably (laughs) it's cold coffee uh yeah and or cast please hit us up we promise we're good friends (laughs) yeah we want to just we just want to (laughs) talk but we'll end it there and we'll have more to talk about next week when episode six of andor comes out and we see the eye of aldani and how that mission goes it's gonna be cool it's gonna be a big one it's gonna be big it's gonna be big it is it is i know it that's all for this week we'll see you next week with another episode of stardust records may the force be with you